prayer. We just kind of looked at all of the model prayer that the Lord has given us. We finished that up on Wednesday. We'll turn in your Bibles tonight to Matt, or I'm sorry, Daniel chapter number six. Daniel chapter number six. Paul encourages us uh, in First Thessalonians chapter five and verse number seventeen to pray without ceasing. That was Paul's encouragement to us, the knowing that, that we need that constant prayer. And there is sadly uh, a problem among God's people today of prayerlessness. Uh, we are not praying like we ought to pray. Uh, we are not praying um, not only in our frequency, but we're also not praying in faith like we ought to pray. Uh, and very little, very little of our time is spent in regards as the Lord gave us the model and the things that we put in the, are to be put in our, our prayers. Very few of those things we actually enjoying in our prayers we spend uh, like i've said in the last several weeks we spend a whole lot of time on our petitions and very little time on our praise and adoration of our lord and acknowledgement of who we are in him uh, but we just lay him out our to-do list and then we go about our way and that that problem of prayerlessness is something that robs us as the children of God. It robs us of fellowship with our Lord. It robs us of that, that closeness with Him and, and what we receive from Him each and every day when we come in before His throne, when we come in in prayer. It robs us when we are not praying like we ought. It robs us of that presence of Him. Our, we, we distance ourselves. And then not only does it rob us of that presence, but it also robs us of power uh, to live in the day that he has given us to live in. And it robs us of that joy uh, that we have being in his presence as we go through our day. It's been said the pulse of a spiritual life is believing and unceasing prayer. Believing and unceasing prayer. Here in Daniel 6, uh, most of you all know this story. The, the uh, Mede and Persia had, had uh, taken over the kingdom of Babylon at this point. Uh, they um, uh, have D Darius here is the, the leader here uh, of the Mede Empire. Uh, his uh, Cyrus, I think, was his... Uh, uh, nephew, if I remember correctly, and Cyrus would be the one that will kind of push forward the Persian Empire. Uh, but they come in together. The Medes and the Persians are, are an empire together. Uh, Darius is king here in Daniel chapter number 6. And, of course, uh, Daniel is still there. Uh, he went through all of uh, Babylon's reign there from Nebuchadnezzar on through to Nabonidus and Nabonidus' son Belshazzar and and there Daniel is as one of those uh, wise men in the kingdom there. 
the Mede-Persians come in and Daniel remains one of those wise men in the kingdom. And uh, Darius has an affection toward Daniel. As you find here in chapter number 6, he, he saw apparently the goodness in Daniel. He saw the honesty in Daniel there. and so. Uh, but his other advisors, they grew jealous of Daniel. And growing jealous of Daniel, they, they want to find a way that they can get rid of Daniel and get him out of the way uh, because he's stealing all of their glory. And so they, they come up with a law that nobody can do anything, can, cannot pray to any other god or, or worship any other god for 30 days, uh, and uh, that any prayer, any, any praise would be going to Darius instead of to their other gods. And they knew, they knew that that is a law they could get Daniel on. And the Medes and Persians, they particularly had a law, and it carried over, by the way. We, we find that uh, in, in the book of Esther as well. We, we see that same reality there in, in Ahasuerus' reign, uh, where they had a law in the, among the Medes and the Persians that once a law was signed by the king, it could not be done away with. It could not be changed. didn't matter whether the king wanted it changed or not, it could not be changed once the king signed it into law. Well, they they brought this law before the king about these 30 days. The king said, mm, that sounds good to me. I, I'd like for people to praise me and honor me and pray to me. That's great. I like to be treated as a god for 30 days. All right, I'll do that. And so he signed that decree. And those other wise men, knowing quite well, Daniel was going to keep praying to God. That this law was not going to stop Daniel from doing what Daniel always did. And so they they... Signed, or Darius, I should say, signs this law. It's brought into, into being, and they immediately charge Daniel with breaking this law. Because what does Daniel do? He prays. And we see that in verse number 10. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, Daniel knew the writing was signed, he went into his house, his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. This is important. This next little phrase, as he did aforetime. Daniel didn't change his habit out of rebellion against Darius here. That's not the case. Can't say, Daniel, oh, you ain't going to tell me not to pray. I'm going to pray because I want to pray. That's not, not what Daniel did. Daniel did what he always did. He continued to pray. Before. His prayer meant that much to him. His fellowship with God meant that much to him. There was nothing going to stop him from doing that. And he knelt three times a day with his windows open before Jerusalem. He wasn't doing it so they could hear him. He wasn't doing it so he could brag. He was doing it in the way that he knew that he was supposed to do it, and he followed what he always did as he prayed those three times a day upon his knees to the Lord. Verse 11, it says, Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Of course, you know the rest of the story. Daniel's uh, cast into the lion's den because that was the, the, the command of the law, that he would be put to death by the lion's den, they throwed him in the lion's den and the Lord shut the mouths of the lions and 
Daniel sat down there and pet the kitty cats all night and then come out that next morning unscathed. And then the rest of those wise men and their families were thrown into that lion's den and those lion's mouths were not stopped that time. And they were all killed at the bottom even before they hit the bottom of the den, it says. So Daniel's prayer, he gives us an example here. He gives us an example here that he was always praying. He had a habit, a devotion to prayer. A devotion to prayer each and every day. He did so three times a day. On his knees, Daniel prayed. So what do I mean when I say we are prayerless. You say, well, I pray at mealtimes. I pray as much as I can throughout the day. In between this happening and that happening, and this doing and that doing. But do you really? Do you really pray? It's something I... I, I chide myself for all the time. I, I see it and it aggravates me when, when after the fact I'll, we'll bow our head to pray at mealtime and I catch myself saying the exact same words. It's like a, a model prayer there. You know, I'm just, I'm following the, saying the exact same things that I always say at mealtime. And spend very little time actually pouring my heart out to the Lord. Of course, the guys that I work with might get mad at me for keeping them from eating too long. But, I do, but, um, but it's something I, I recognize in me. It's easy for us to fall into a pattern of prayer and not really pray. Not really pray. Are you really, are you really touching the heart of God? Are you communing with Him? Or is it just the routine? God, I'm supposed to pray. I guess I better pray. How many times have you truly, truly been into the throne room? Go to Hebrews chapter 10 and look with me there. As Paul describes this privilege. And it is a privilege that is granted us in Christ Jesus. That we can come in to the very throne room of our God. And bring Him our prayers and our petitions, our laud, our worship, our praise. And He tells us to do so boldly. To enter in with all boldness, He says. Look at verse 18. I'm sorry, verse 19. Look at verse 19. He says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness, to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. 
by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His flesh, by a new and living way which He hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say His flesh, and having a an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see they approaching. Now Paul uses this picture here of the Old Testament priest and the Holy of Holies there at the tabernacle and how they would enter in to the tabernacle. They could only go into the Holy of Holies, the place where the, the, the Ark of the Covenant was, the place where they would go in one time a year on the Day of Atonement to sprinkle blood first for themselves, and then they would go back in and sprinkle blood for the people to cover their sins for the next year. They only did that that one day, and they did it twice in that one day, once again, once for themselves and once for the people, he would go in and sprinkle that blood. Now, the way into the Holy of Holies, there in the presence of God, and God made that scene in their sight because once they erected the tabernacle there in the wilderness, as they were making their journey there from Egypt up to the promised land, when when. God was going before them. He was a pillar of cloud by day there in front of them or a pillar of fire by night. And so they knew exactly where to go and how to go. And he would lead them by that pillar of cloud and by that pillar of fire. And they would stop. When he would stop, they would stop. And God would instruct them to set up the tabernacle. And Moses and the children of Israel would go to set up the tabernacle. And there, once the tabernacle was set up in place, that pillar of fire or pillar of cloud uh, which depending on when it was done, once that tabernacle was done, God would sit down upon that tabernacle. And His glory would fill, fill that tabernacle. And so when the priest would come in on the Day of Atonement to enter into the Holy of Holies, I mean, they would see... They would see the Ark of the Covenant as it was put into the Holy of Holies. They would see all the rest of the furniture as it was placed in there, they, in, the, in the holy place. They, they would see as they would hang the veil there and get it all in place and, and get the tabernacle itself erected and the planks on the side and the, and the sockets and the pillars that would go up and, and then the, 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 the tent itself that would go, the coverings that would go over the top of the the tabernacle, they would see all of that. They would have their hands on it. They were putting it in place and putting it where it was supposed to go. But the difference was, is once it was erected, God's presence filled that place. And it became, in that sense, a different building when His presence was there. So that 
when the high priest would come in, they would come in during the day and work there in the holy place, but they would not dare enter in behind that veil. Only the time that God prescribed, that one time a year on the Day of Atonement. And then only the high priest could enter in. And only he could enter in once he had went through all the cleansing, having on the right outfit, making sure everything was in order, making sure the sacrifice that he was about to go in and sprinkle the blood of that upon the mercy seat to make sure all of that was in order. Everything had to be to detail. And he had a rope tied around his waist so that he, when he got there, if the Lord were to strike him dead, once he got into the Holy of Holies, the rest of them would be able to pull him out without having to go in there after him. He did not enter in with any boldness whatsoever. And Paul's telling us now, we don't have to go that route any longer. The veil now that separated us from the presence of God was ripped in twain. It was torn open for us. We sang about it this morning in the, 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 the Rock of Ages, cleft for me. My Lord, my Lord was torn for me. To open the way into the presence of God. So that now through Him, there is nothing that separates me from that holiest of places. Because of Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of the death for me on that cross of Calvary. I have ready access to come in now before the very presence of God in all of His glory, in all of His power. I am able to come in right before Him and bring Him my prayers, my petitions, my praise, my glory, my honor, all that I can pour out on Him there. I, it's opened up for me. And for all of God's people, it's, it's opened up for us. That we are able to come in before Him readily. Paul even says here with all boldness to come in to pray. Amen. We go throughout our day knowing that we need to pray. How many times when we bow our heads to pray are we even considering this reality? I'm coming before the throne room of God. How many times is that even on our minds? When we say, Lord bless this food. How many times is it truly on our mind where we are at when we bow our heads to pray. Paul says, enter in with all boldness. Jesus has opened the way for us to come into the presence of God. 
right into the presence of the Most High to bring to Him our prayers, our praise, our worship, and our petitions. He says there in verse 22, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. It is a remarkable thing what Christ Jesus has done for us in opening this way for us. Because I still see it. You still sin. We still come short of the glory of God. We fail Him every day. We come in to His presence half-hearted. Not even considering most of the time what we're there for or what we're, what we're coming in for. Just prayer time. I need prayer. And yet... The door is not closed. It's, it's wide open. And why is it wide open? Because Christ Jesus made the way open for us. He washed us with his blood. He redeemed us unto himself. He has forgiven us of all of our sins, including our prayerlessness and including our half-heartedness. He's forgiven us all of those things so that even though, even though we come in half-hearted, even though we come in prayerless, even though we come in because eh, it's just time to go pray, the way is still open to come into the presence of the Most High God. Don't waste that. Don't waste that opportunity. Don't, don't waste what Christ Jesus has bought for us to come in and spend that time before the very throne of God. May God help us to see our own sinful state before him. That we not be a prayerless people. But that we would take prayer serious. As we bow before him. To talk with the living God. He tells us to come in boldly.
to commune with Him there. To bring to Him our praise and our worship. He offers us the opportunity to bring in our petitions and lay them at His feet. To enjoy fellowship with Him while we're there in His presence. And by redeeming us unto Himself, by the blood of Christ Jesus, we have that open access. What now do we do with that glorious privilege? Five minutes? Ten minutes? He is the omnipresent, eternal God. You are not taking up his time. You're not getting in the way of him listening to someone else pray. We need to be praying without ceasing. Now, Paul is, when he tells us that there in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, Paul's not telling us that we are to go all day long on our knees. That we just, we get up in the morning and we eat breakfast and then we get on our knees and stay there until nighttime to get up and go to bed. That's not what Paul's saying to us. Paul knows we've got to live. Paul knows we've got to work. Paul knows we've got to do the things that, that we are to do in this life. So what does Paul mean when he says pray without ceasing? Simply put, that we need to be talking with our Lord all day long. As things come to our mind, as things come to our heart, we need to immediately call out to him and pray. Talk with him. Talk with him. We need to, what he's saying there is we need to be in a mind of prayer at all times. Ready at the throne. Ready at the throne. Always ready to come before his presence. And yet we say, well, I just don't have enough time to devote to prayer like I want to. We've got time to watch TV. We have time to play our video games. We have time to flip through the phone and look at TikTok and Facebook and everything else and spend hours doing that. You've got time to pray. You've got time to spend in the presence of God. Don't take it for granted. Is there joy in your prayer? Is there joy in coming before His throne? We put, we put so much time in all of our other pursuits. School and career and friends and family and hobbies and travel. 
reading, things we want to put our time in, we'll gladly put our time into those things. Do you put your time in prayer? The remarkable thing is how the Lord gives it to us here. We can be doing other things and praying at the same time. Be driving down the road and you can spend all that time praying. Probably ought to be anyway. I've seen how some of you drive. time that we spend in the throne room of God, it should truly be a delight to our souls each and every day to be able to go in before his presence, to know that the Lord of hosts is listening to you when you come in before his throne. Are you prayerless? Sin of prayerlessness is a, a sign that we are weak and sickly in our faith. It's why it is that we have no power. That's why it is that we've grown cold and indifferent toward the service of God. Especially toward the lost souls around us that we come in contact with every day. We can work and work at the things of God. But without prayer, we are attempting to do a spiritual work by the power of the flesh. And that don't happen. We've become too often, we've become self-sufficient in our service to the Lord. And thereby we are powerless. Pray, pray without ceasing, Paul says. Look in John 15. John chapter 15. Lord begins here in, in verse 1. He says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that 
beareth not fruit, he taketh away, and every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. And then verse 7, he says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. If we expect fruit in our lives, if we expect fruit in our service to the Lord, then he tells us plainly here we have to be holy on to him. Because it's only in his power that fruit is produced. It's only in his power that the work that we enjoin to do, the service that we enjoin to do for our Lord, it's only in him that that work is done and that is performed. And so we have to abide in him. And we cannot abide with him if we are not communing with We must be clothed with power from on high and that is only from prayer. Time when we are in his presence before his throne pouring out our hearts to him. May God show us our prayerlessness. May he make it heavy upon our hearts that we not rest until we become prayerful people. Satan strives, strives to keep us out of that throne room. And he will do his utmost to tempt us again and again to yield to the flesh. He'll do everything he can to keep us dependent on self. Hold fast to Christ Jesus our Lord. And pray, pray, pray without ceasing. Let's all stand. We'll be dismissed. Tonight.